together from the Spacebird Media Studios. It's Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. We're your friends. We love to come together first and foremost to talk about Jesus and funny stuff. And there's always some funny stuff going on in the world. Yeah, well, anytime you can laugh and love the Lord at the same time, that's really what we're all about. So we appreciate you taking the time to subscribe. Uh, tell your friends, like us, follow us, so you're not missing anything in the future, or go back and see what you've missed. Thanks to our friends at My Brother's Cup and Birmingham Mortgage Group. As we catch up on this week, have you heard about what's going on with Madonna? Yes, I got very upset, me and everybody else. 64 years old, her children by her side got like end of life sick, like couldn't stop vomiting and then had to be, I mean, she was unconscious. Her children called in. It looked horrible. And from what they're saying, and I believe this, she had been rehearsing 12 hours a day. And if you look at Taylor Swift, I mean, my daughter just got back from one of her shows. Taylor yeah. goes four hours, but Taylor is 33 years old. Then you've got Pink and Acrobat, who I've never seen in yeah. concert and want to, who's in her early 40s. They say Madonna wants to be just as good, if not better, but she's forgetting she's 64 and her family's begging her, please mom, 12 hour days in this rehearsal. You can't be hanging upside down. They're trying to get her to rein it in a little. And you can't compare yourself to like Billy Joel and, you know, Elton John, because they're sitting on a piano bench for three hours. You know, they're not doing <laughs> choreography and spinning from high wires and stuff. So, you know, it's uh, I, I totally like I, I when it was crazy, because while we were on vacation last week at Hilton, Head, every time I turn on the radio and I would hear a Madonna song, like I got nervous because, you know, how when something happens to a celebrity, you know, they start playing their catalog. And I was like, <gasps> but it was like, you know, but then they would give an update. So then you could kind of like lift it up in prayer and go, OK. Madonna's going to come back. She's going to be all right. You know, might delay the tour, but we'll get her there. So keep her in your prayers this week. They say she's going to be okay. Full recovery, which is great. Ryan Seacrest, as we're talking about celebrities, is going to be the new host of Wheel of Fortune. You know, I'm a big Ryan fan. Yeah. I don't think anybody was surprised by this, but you have to believe, and this is just me, Mr. Conspiracy Theory, that say what you will about why he left the show with um Dana White? no yeah. the the one he just left uh oh, it's not um, Regis and with, kathy lee anymore oh, no, but no, kelly little... yeah so kelly uh, yeah, kelly ripa there we <laughs> go i knew ripa. it would come to yes. me it took me a second <laughs> um but i knew that like him exiting that i was like well he's just gonna fill it with something so you have to believe that the whispers like they told pat don't announce anything we don't want it to but i mean i'm a little too suspicious to think that like he's like, hey, I heard whispers that Pat's leaving and I'd really love to do that and be more conducive to my schedule. I don't have to get up in the mornings, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. It is what it is. And and I don't know that he is. Here's the thing, though. I don't love Ryan. He's got a great work ethic. He's done really great things for, you know, American Idol and the Rocket New Year's Eve, all that stuff. But is he the type to stick with it 
in the duration like we've seen from other game show hosts. Because, you know, we get an affinity for someone hosting a game show. You know, like it was hard for me to accept Drew Carey for a long time because, you know, Bob, you know, he's deep in my veins from all the chicken noodle soup and, (laughs) you know, days home from school that I got to enjoy. But I think we all attach ourselves to that. Like even now with Family Feud, like Steve Harvey's the man. Like, you know, he has deeply rooted himself into that game and made it his own. How do you shift that pendulum to see Ryan Seacrest as just a game show host? Hopefully he will really dig in because that is a legend, that show. I mean, we all grew up with it. I've had the privilege of meeting them both and leaning over to, I wasn't on the show, but I got to lean over and turn the wheel and hear the sound and see the lights. And it's amazing. It's a it's a great experience. And so I hope the show continues and continues and that they pay Vanna more. She wants I mean, to pay the race. Sure. And I know that's the, a lot of people that like hashtag supporting Vanna, you know, Vanna's Corner. You know, those have all been trending over the week because people don't want to see her go. I mean, that's again, it's a comfort zone for so many of us. But I did see speaking of game shows, I saw a trending video this week. Of from a taping of The Price is Right, where one of the uh, showgirls drove the car across the stage into The Price is Right doors, like they like they had another pricing game behind the doors. And I guess she got it got away from her, and like you know, it's like this is not a Tesla, you know. It's like come on, and she just bam plowed right into this, like not the set like you know that's those things have been around since the 70s like don't don't beat them up crazy well let's talk movies for Mm. a quick moment a sound of freedom the story of tim ballard who worked for 12 years as a special agent for the department of homeland security going against child sex trafficking with your buddy jim caviezel Mm -hmm. uh is out there and everybody's pretty excited about the impact of this movie, and they say it's pretty great. I plan yeah. to go see it. I don't have my tickets yet, but plan to go. Yeah, I've seen the trailer a couple of times. Ed, did you get a chance to see Indiana Jones yet? Yes. See, don't tell me because I'm 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 going this weekend because while we were on vacation, movies was not an option. But everybody I've talked to that saw it said it was fantastic. The ending, oh, utter and complete perfection. And you will know when it gets there. And then I want the phone call. I mean, you and I aren't phone chatty, but it's (laughs) that significant. It's that well done that you can't stop thinking about it and talking about it. It's a really fun movie. You just got to go see it. Good. Good. I'm there. Well, of course, (laughs) as uh, we continue our summer plans, maybe this is the summer you were looking to move into your new home or refinance your home. Taren and the team at Birmingham Mortgage Group looking to help you out because I love the fact that as I see for sale signs go up, like immediately, they don't last very long. So if you're not pre-approved for that home that you're driving by going, oh, the house we've been wanting is for sale, like it goes quick. So now's the time to call. And you can save money with him. He's so smart. He's like the guru of mortgage guy. I mean, he is on top of it. He's helped so many of our friends. He's helped you and I to get in that home that you really love. And it's a huge investment. You know that. We know that. So you've got to call a guy who loves the Lord and is great at what he does. We know from firsthand experience, Teren Newell at Birmingham Mortgage Group. It's 205-259-1656 or contact them at birminghammortgage.com. 
All right. So as we get ready to uh, continue what it is that we do to improve our lives, there are three words we need to adopt, and it's not I love you. It's just amazing to me. Mark Batterson, who wrote The Circle Maker, he's a very cerebral author, great, great pastor out of Washington, D.C., got together the greatest minds in theology. And they all, you can, you can envision it now, you know, just powerhouses of the faith. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, to get your take on this, Ace, because they came up with the following. You can have a much better life, strengthen your love, disrupt hate, and lift others higher with three words. Please, sorry, and thanks. Yeah. You know, the thing, though, that as I was reading this, too, like these are the things that also apply in our relationship with God, like to think about being able to when we ask, the, Lord, I need you to, nah, 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 you know, rather than <laughs> Lord, please. And when you do things that go against his will and his word, sorry. And when he does things for you, thank you. I was reading in Psalm 77 today about, you know, just the idea of overwhelming thanks and gratitude for think just in thinking about what he's done for us. I love the idea of tying those in. And then if we practice them in our faith, then it allows for it to flow out easily into our other relationships. Well, and you've got the prophet Habakkuk who was like, wow, Lord, why? Um, I don't understand. You're not doing anything. What's going on? Of course, he phrased it in in a different way. (laughs) Yeah. But He came to a conclusion to rejoice in the Lord regardless. And I think that's key. A lot of us are hurting right now. A lot of us don't understand why things appear to be stuck or stagnant. But we know that God is faithful. He is true. We don't know what he's doing behind the scenes or in front of the scenes. We don't know. Our job is to trust and be obedient. I think sometimes, like you said, Ace, we get out of order. We're like, I want this. I want this now. Why aren't you doing this? And and it just doesn't really work that way. Yeah. Well, a lot of times we're running at a pace that we can't even stop long enough to ask for God to show us or reveal the next thing. So how do we change our tempo this summer? How do we know that what you are doing exceeds what you really should be about? If that makes any sense. I think it mm-hmm. made sense. When you can't shake the pressure you feel from having too much to do in too little time, stress, anxiety, and tightness in your body, your concern with what other people think, that's a big one for a lot of people. You're defensive and you're easily offended. You're preoccupied and you're distracted. You feel unenthusiastic. You know, your body sometimes will be the place that harbors your stress and your discontent. And sometimes that dis-ease becomes disease. That's what I believe what happened to me and my autoimmune disorder. And so we just got to ask people, where in that frenzy that you're experiencing, can you get calm? Can you get real with God? And what can you download in your Mm. life? Can you say to somebody, I can't do lawn work anymore and hire someone to do it? Or simply ask somebody at the office for help and say, I'm overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think the thing, too, is oftentimes the reason our pace is bad is because we start things improperly. So we either 
you know, start at a momentum that we don't have all of the things that we're, you know, waiting or needing to make it a success. We're not going at a tempo that is longevity because, again, it's, you know, life in most projects is not a sprint. It's a marathon. So the tempo and the boundaries you either set or fail to set early on cause you to then you're stumbling. You know, it's like a runner. If a runner doesn't pace themselves on those long distance runs, they're going to get winded. Their legs are going to cramp up, tire out, all those things because they didn't pace accordingly. And I, I even thought about this, too, uh, while we were at the beach. You know, you know, there's several times I kept I found myself being dad to the kids and going, hey, don't forget to reapply your sunscreen. And I, I kept thinking our, our spiritual life is kind of the same way. Like we're supposed to go to God on a regular basis, not just 15 minutes in the morning and at bedtime and call it good or Sundays and call it good. It should be a throughout the day so that you are well protected. You are, you know, allowing yourself to be shaded and hydrated and all that. So that like when you're laying out or swimming in the pool or beach that, you know, you're protecting yourself. You know, we hear about the armor of God. I mean, we wear that for a reason to protect us from the things that are coming and the elements around us. So think about if you've ever, or when, not if, we've all had a sunburn at some point in our life. Think about what you did or didn't do that caused it to happen. You know, so your mom goes, get the sunscreen. No, I'll be fine. And then, you know, and <laughs> as someone who's had his forehead completely, you know, like the egg man from, you know, Saturday Night Live, it's uncomfortable. And I've had shoulders peel and all that stuff, but protecting ourselves, it is that spiritual SPF, you know? So how are we pacing ourselves and protecting ourselves throughout the day in our conversations with God so that we are equipped for what's coming? We don't have to do everything ourselves. We can yield to him, let mm. God fight our battles. We mm. can take a rest. We don't have to be so overwhelmed. You can be excellent and hand things over to God. He's working yeah. on your behalf. He loves you dearly. I think mm. that makes a lot of sense. Now, I know what the answer to this is. Would Ace travel to space in order to get married? The answer is? No. <laughs> Never. I mean, I'm fortunately space was not an option when Tony and I were, you know, planning a possibility of a wedding, but then the pandemic hit and we didn't get to have a ceremony anyway. So courthouse it was, but I have space no, perspective no desire. is offering these putting lovers into orbit using a carbon neutral balloon with giant windows to make the most ultimate view of planet earth available to you in, in what they call a gentle experience. And so, you know, starting at about 150000 I thought that was a small price tag considering the whole Titanic thing was like 250 per person. Sure. Uh, but it, they have so many already signed up to travel in this little space bubble called a Neptune. No, thanks. It's going to be here before you know. I would, oh, yeah, I'd be like, mm, sign me up. I would. I'd love to go up right now. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm... Oh, yeah. I'm too claustrophobic for my own good. Just Can I phone in my vows? That's all I need. <laughs> what is a beige flag? We got to talk about this. It's all the rage on TikTok. It's yet another dating term. And we like to pass these along when we learn mm. what they are. They're a partner's weird habit that a part of you is like, I don't know if I can deal with this, but it's not so bad that you're like, mm, I'm out of here. 
That's what a beige flag is. And they give, and I, I was still unsure as to what they meant. Here are some things they say are a beige flag. One woman in Eastern Ohio describes her boyfriend's habit in a TikTok that has been seen quite a few times. <sighs> okay. He eats live ants crawling around his house. <laughs> no. He eats them. Yeah, he's like, rather than just, I guess, get rid of them or spray them or whatever you do with ants in the house, I don't even know. Oh. He eats them. And to her, she had to decide, is that red flag and I run? Or is that beige flag? It's weird, but it's not somebody that I, I mean, they're not married. I guess if it doesn't gross you out, I, I wouldn't find it attractive, you know, especially if like he eats an ant and then he kisses you like, you know, that's, that would just be weird to me. Then, okay. For a guy, his girlfriend moves the furniture in her living room every two weeks. He thinks that's weird, but it's more beige flag than red flag. Yeah. I mean. I mean, it, it definitely deems what, why the need to move it so frequently. Like, I don't have a problem, like, the feng shui of that. Like, fine, but, you know, ask first, at least. Maybe they have some ideas. More than a half a billion views with them saying, is that weird or not? You know, I, whatever floats your boat, I guess, as long as it isn't damaging to someone, right? Yeah. Well, and I'm I'm too much of recent, you know, Ted Lasso episode where Roy Kent's like, you deserve to be treated like you got struck by lightning. So beige flag, red flag, black flag, pink, purple, whatever. It doesn't matter. Do you feel like you got struck by lightning? Then maybe ants and movable furniture doesn't bother you so much. That's true. Love transcends ant yeah. eating, right? Yeah. I, I would think so. Lightning, lightning is stronger than ants, right? <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> Exactly. Maybe for you, it, maybe for you, it's a stronger blend of coffee. So we highly recommend <laughs> the Roxanne blend from our friends at My Brother's Cup. Yeah, they do such a wonderful job putting this coffee together. And I see posts with the Roxanne blend, and I just yell because I'm like, really? Did that really happen? Did I meet the owner of this incredible company that sells coffee worldwide? Beautiful, wonderful, carefully selected coffee. And he said, I'm going to name a coffee after you. I'm like. Are you kidding? He says, it's going to be great. God told me to do it. Yay. And it sells great. It tastes great. It smells great. And it sends mm -hmm. missionaries around the world. Buy yourself a bag today. It's just a great treat. Get one for a friend. Mybrotherscup.com. Click on the rock sampling. And you could have it with what is another TikTok sensation. See if you agree, Ace. McDonald's fans are doing hash browns and then they get a McFlurry and they're making an ice cream sandwich out of it. I will say I'm intrigued by it. Like I, I haven't brought myself. There's only a couple of things that I can say I saw on the social media that I, that I tried and some of them worked great. Some of them not so much, but I, I like to get a Wendy's frosty and dip my French fries in it. So to me, the potato and ice cream combination is not that far fetched, but I don't know, like, and it would have to be not a greasy hash brown. Like that would be weird because sometimes that can happen. You know, if it was in the fryer a little too long or they didn't let it drip dry before they served it. So that would, 
that would just be my only stipulation, but I'm down to try it. You know, it's, it's no weirder than, you know, doing the fruit roll up with the ice cream that makes it crunchy. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm always up to try something. The only thing I won't try is oysters. That's just slimy. Oh, I, we agree. Totally. The people who love oysters, I'm sorry. Uh, the one time I tried one, Ace, you are not missing anything, but I used to not like kale at all. Remember that? It was like, get the kale away from me. Now I grow it in my garden. I saute it and I'm like, I have been missing out. I like it now. All right. Do you eat the dried chips? Like, do you like let it lay out? I tried that. I I think I'm making them wrong. They're mine are real paper thin so that the consistency, the flavor's fine. The consistency I don't have down yet. And I always think of you because I finally got an air fryer. Every experiment I get, I'm like, I wonder if Ace did this. Because I don't know if you remember when when you first got yours, you were like, you must try this. It's the best thing. I don't use mine as much as I did in the beginning. Like, it's now just another appliance in the kitchen. But, I mean, there are staples. Like, you know, our jalapeno poppers is one of them. You know, anytime we get something and now they have certain things you can get in the freezer section that is air fryer, like it has the air fryer and, you know, directions on the back of it. So it's an option. So I, I, I like it. It makes things crispier and you can get the little air fryer filters. Like you, you know, have a filter for your coffee pot. So that makes it for easier cleanup. It's just, it is amazing. All right. Best grilled cheese ever. You get a good quality bread, like a 12 grain bread, something that really is a yummy bread. Mm-hmm. You put two slices of cheddar, real cheddar. Yeah. You butter the outside of both pieces, put it in the air fryer. Oh. oh. Well, and speaking of TikTok trends, one of the things is you know how you can buy the Texas toast that's already buttered? People yeah. are buying that because it's a fatter bread already buttered. You just put your cheese between it and then just throw it in the air fryer. So. I mean, I mean, the air fryer is the epitome of college lifestyle eating. Like we're all we're doing is resorting back to all the things that you know we would eat if we were a college student with you know no money. It's like I got PB and J and an air fryer. What can I do? You know, it's only one thing: fry it. You know, there it goes. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited is so good to have you here. You know, Ace and I love to learn. And we're just so thrilled by the wonderful guests and the people that we get to talk to that are busy changing the world. And I had the privilege of of working with and and speaking in one of this gentleman's ministries long ago and was blown away by the kingdom impact that he has for others. And that continues on a really large scale. And so we are so excited. He put together something called Soul Wholeness, a book back in 2021 that came out of a difficult period of life. Haven't we all at one point or the other fallen flat on our face and wondered mm-hmm. what is this all about? I still got carpet burn. <laughs> well, that happened and it became a book and it's become a whole audio series about soul wounds. And I think we all have them and he's going to help us walk through that. We are thrilled to welcome to the show, author and podcaster and friend, Andy Jenkins. Hi, Andy. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's good. It's good to actually, you know, I've heard you guys on the radio. It's good to actually see you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we yeah. have the face for radio, as they say, right? <laughs> no, so, and, uh, maybe you do, but Roxanne, 
you know. Well, I mean, Roxanne's in the case <laughs> all by herself. We'll just leave it. <laughs> made for TV. That's right. So I, before we jump into soul wholesome wholeness, I have to ask, how many coffee mugs yeah. do you really have? How many coffee? Uh, not not many. Okay. Because so I only get the coffee mugs, you know, the Starbucks mugs. Whenever I go out of town somewhere, that's generally the only thing I'll buy because I don't want all this clutter okay. around the house. So, you know, the rule is if I go there, I'll get one because they stack and they have the art. And then you remember the people that were there and the stories that were sure. happening. So I, I don't know, it was maybe 40, 45. So you got 45 of the 50 states? No, well, no, no. They've got wow. states, they've oh. got cities. I've got Paris. I've Do got you have the, the Star Netherlands. Wars ones? No, that's I, I've not been to Star Wars. Oh, that's true. You got to go to a galaxy far, far away. Okay. Yeah. So, no. And for those I, that I, need I, to follow you on social media, they'll understand the mug reference. But there, there's some great stuff that uh, you've been posting and encouraging people. One of my favorite posts that you've done recently, your soul needs margin too. And that's something that I've really wrapped my head around in the last few years of leaving room in the margins for God to work. So if for those that are hurting and struggling, how do we, how do we even find room in the margins? We put our own notes of things that we want God to do. Right. Well, I mean, is that the question? Like, how do you find room? Yeah. I mean, the, Where do you start? Uh, well, I, I think you've got to figure out margin is basically, you know, to answer that question is the space you have available after all of the obligations you have currently are met. Now it's easy to understand in finance, you know, finance, it, once all the obligations are met, all the bills are paid, all of the debts, you know, or whatever you paid, what you got to have anything left. Hopefully there's kind of green space right there. That's the margin. That's the buffer. We understand that financially. We don't, I think, understand that in terms of time. And I think we don't understand it in terms of like your limits with your, with your soul with your mind, with your emotions, with your focus, with your energy. Uh, you might could even think about it. Here's a great way to, to evaluate it. Several years ago, I was sitting with a child therapist and one of the kids. And the therapist, she's, her name was Kristen. She starts blowing up this imaginary balloon just in her hand. And she's like, okay, so you, you put a little bit of work in, balloon gets bigger. You put a little bit of family stuff in, and these are all negative things. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about even your financial stuff. You're buying good stuff. You, you know, some of it's negative, it's debt, whatever. But you're putting in, hey, another school play, taking this kids to basketball, work, you know, all this stuff. Eventually, that thing's getting fuller and fuller. It's like a balloon. At some point, it's getting this pressure. There's no space left. And it's either going to pop and explode. And a lot of people do. They blow off. Guys, we do that a lot. We scream, we yell, boom, we think we're done. Or, you know, some people, the classic Karen response is you just hold it and you just shrill it and it squeaks. Yeah. And it hides, disappears. The better thing is just to let some stuff out, create some buffer, knowing that stress is going to come. You got to have space to manage it when it does. Does that make sense? Yeah. I wonder why we're so willing to take on so much to the point of absolute exhaustion. Do we feel like we're going it alone? We we pick up God when we need him for five minutes and put him back on the shelf and say, hey, I got this. That's a great question. I think it's different for 
everybody. For me, a lot of it was if if you've not resolved your identity internally and intrinsically, you don't know who you are. And you can tell who what, what you think because your identity is based on what you feel the most important voice in your life says about you. If you've not resolved that, you will seek to shore up that identity through accolades, through applause, through awards, through achievements, through attaboys, through all this other stuff. And again, when you have your identity as a son, as a daughter of the king, and I know this sounds so simplistic, when it's resolved, there is margin, there is room to let things not be done. If you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders and you get value from that, You'll pick it all up. You'll keep doing stuff. I mean, and face it, there are seasons where you do have to pick up stuff. Yeah, uh, Stressful times do come, but you can't live and redline it consistently all the time. Well, and Andy, you have, I think, the the typical house scenario right now. You've got kids and they're all going in different directions and you've got your bride. Right. You've got your ministry. You know, what was it in your life that led you to soul wholeness? Like, what is it that you're trying to convey to people from your own struggle and healing? Um, you know, I, I think for me, it was the accumulation. I, I think most for most people, it's not just one thing. It's it's the accumulation of you get to, you know, you're in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s. You've added up a busted up relationship that you thought this was going to go the distance. Nobody walks the aisle, says I do, thinking every, every, the, for better or worse part of the vow, everybody's thinking for better. Nobody's thinking, hey, at some point, this is going to be for worse. And it might be when I say I do that the other person says, hey, I don't, not anymore. Yeah. You know, you go through that. It's it's a little bit of a weight. You go through, you know, in my case, you know, failed adoption scenario. Go through, in my case, you know, some financial stuff just got flipped upside down. There was no way on some of it I could control. There were some things on other elements I could control. You know, you add all of that up. It, you know, you add up some business things that go sideways. You add up some relationships that go away that you thought was good. It's different. You add up, you know, just thing after thing after thing. Over time, um, the cumulative effect of all of that becomes like, you know, running a marathon and at mile one, somebody hands you a one pound weight, no big deal. At mile two, somebody hands you a half pound, no big deal. You know, mile three, nothing. Mile four, oh, that was great. I set a weight off. Mile five, you handed a five pound weight. You know, over time, at some point, you're like, man, this was going to be a hard enough run as it is. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. And then, you know, we add some of it, uh, you know, it, for me, it was just the cumulative effect of all. I really stepped back and thought, you know, the answers that I learned in the Bible, this is going to sound like sacrilege, didn't seem to be enough. They seemed to be very simplistic. Yeah. And that led me to start looking at some other things and go, wait, hold on. It's not that the scripture's wrong. It's that I'm looking from a very limited standpoint, just thinking, hey, I could shellack a Bible verse, put it on the wall, and it's going to be done, not realizing that we are body soul and spirit we got the body part we often look at the spirit part we forget about that soul part in the middle that the bible does address that you know you've got to hold an attention and so th th that's where the issues were that i really need to address were issues of the soul i want to know more about that specifically than the soul how, how do we embrace that and learn from it 
here's, I think simplistically you can understand it this way. And then we can talk through what are some of the common soul wounds that people face. Cause that's where it'll really get practical is you, you might could understand the scripture says that you were saved past tense. You are being saved present tense. You will be saved future tense sometime. Here's really kind of what I think about that. It's really outlining, I believe, body, soul, and spirit. So your body is decaying. It is winding down. I do think you should take care of yourself physically. I think if somebody gets sick, we should physically pray for them. We should also go to the doctor. At some point, though, that is a lost cause. Not doom and gloom. It's just everybody's going in the grave. At some point in the future, the dead in Christ will rise and people who are with them will return. And then the rest of us, if we haven't gone to the grave yet, we'll meet them in the sky. We will be physically restored, made new at some point. New man put on in the future will be saved. In the past, your spirit was saved. Paul says Romans 6 through 8, your spirit man was crucified with Christ 2,000 years ago. Your spirit man currently is seated with Christ at the right hand of the Father in heaven is what Ephesians 1 and 2 says. So like that's done. There's not a part of your spirit that is going to become more robust that you may awaken to the reality of what Christ has done. You may understand it more, but you're not going to be more saved spirit man wise than you are right now. You, you like there's no Super Mario level up in the realm of the spirit. You, you, again, can become more aware of some of the things that are true. You got that third element that I think is really in process where we are being safer. We're working out our salvation with fear and trembling, where we're being transformed by the renewing of our minds, where that is a soul issue, um, where, you know, Paul says we're being transformed from one degree of glory to another. I think that's the soul issue. That's our mindset. That's our emotions. That's our thoughts. And really that's where, I think not even just most Christians, that's where people get hijacked. But now, particularly you're talking about from a faith standpoint, you see people who profess the scripture, they read the Bible, they pray, and then they have these unexplicable, as I did, messes in their life. Sometimes it's our fault. Sometimes it's what other people have done, but we still have to take responsibility to navigate our way forward, mm-hmm. right? It's got these messes. You go, how do people who profess this level of faith end up going through this kind of stuff most of the time, it's a soul issue, something with our mind, emotions. The Bible addresses all of that, but at some point, you can't just slap a Bible verse on. You got to, you got to, you got to do the work, just, yeah. just like you would with with your body, right? Sure. You sure. go to the doctor, you get some help, you eat right, exercise, sleep, rest. You got to do that same stuff in the area of the soul. And our feelings are really in a wretched state in this country right now. I mean, the number of depressed, the number of anxiety-ridden folks, I mean, the, the mental illnesses, the, I mean, it just feels like this runaway freight train. And I know it's not how God intended us to feel or to live. So you're looking at a train wreck in your life, then Andy, right. and, and you had to examine these soul wounds. How do we, how do we do better? How can we heal? That's a great question. I, I really think there are three main soul wounds that at some point you're probably going to face, you know, all of them, for lack of a better term. Let me tell you what they are, and then we'll kind of talk about tools that you get through. Number one is this one's really kind of a, a maybe a popular phrase. So people say something like, I got triggered by that. So a, a trigger 
Uh, you might think about it on a clinical level would be post-traumatic stress or post-traumatic stress disorder. It is when you respond in the present as if you are reacting to something in the past. So you think about it like this. It's 4th of July, like tomorrow, as of the recording of this, there are going to be fireworks in the sky. Some of my friends who are veterans are going to hear that, and it is going to sound to them as if they are under mortar fire because they just got back from Afghanistan or Iraq or somewhere else. And they are going to, in the moment, emotionally shudder and need to go to a darker room in the middle of the house or just watch a movie really loud. Okay, they are reacting right here, safe, stateside, what would be a very appropriate response in a different time and place. Very easy to understand it in that level. Now, we all do that. Sometimes people say things, we read it out of context because we're reacting to them as if we're responding to someone else. Okay, it would be a perfectly accurate response in a different time and place. And so, so many times what we've got to do is realize, okay, learn to read your emotions or read your feelings, uh, recognize what they're saying. And, and that means you can't run away from what would be typically bad feelings. There aren't good feelings and bad feelings. There's just feelings. What's good or bad is our response, how we live those things out. And so again, when something happens that throws you to a different place, triggers you, which you could just think being triggered, it's when your emotions fire off in a direction almost uncontrollably, and you got to get the bullet back in the gun and go, wait, okay, they're fired off in a direction that I didn't intend for them to go. Pull it back. Why am I responding in this situation like that? I'm reacting to something from the past that's unsettled business in the soul. We all do it. Mm -hmm. And it generally has its roots somewhere. I mean, you think about church hurt. You, you think about, you know, responding to the boss. You think about uh, if you're married now and, and you've been married before to someone else, you might read what your current spouse says in light of what someone in the past said to you. And, you know, and then all of a sudden you're popping out and the person's like, well, no, I didn't mean that at all. Mm -hmm. Okay. It, it probably would have been an appropriate response at a different time and place. We all do it. So number one, triggers. Number two is a lot of us deal with guilt and shame still. Um, you're carrying around something. That, now, the difference between like a trigger, post-traumatic stress, is that is an external, it's a response to something outside of you. Mm -hmm. It's a response to something that's not part of who you are. This guilt and shame thing, it is internal. When there's a trigger, you can take the typical fight or flight response you know, or some people say freeze, which is really a flight. It's outside of you. You can get away from it. There's fireworks. You think it's mortar fire. You can go hide in the closet. Mm -hmm. Somebody yelling at you, you can quit the job. You know, you can get out of that relationship. You can, But when it's internal, when there's this guilt and shame, it really becomes part of your identity. And you've got to resolve that on a spiritual level with really forgiveness and wholeness in Christ. And often, many times, uh, practitioners of this, they actually call it moral injury, M-O-R-A-L, moral, like a moral decision, injury. You've done something that's violated your conscience or something has been done to you that you feel guilty for. A lot of times pe people have been raped or they've been abused. Um, they feel guilty over something for which they're not actually guilty. Um, now, we can argue and pontificate and say, well, they shouldn't feel guilty. The fact is they do. And at some point, we've got to 
help address them. It usually takes a community of people coming around them saying, hey, you're whole. You know, I, I see you. I love you. And moving forward, acceptance is what um, is the solution to guilt and shame. And then that third one is what we call soul ties. That's really you could think of it as an addiction. It's an unhealthy attachment to a wrong thing or a right thing in the wrong way. So you could be addicted to drugs, alcohol. You could also be addicted to work. You're finding your identity in something. You could be addicted to a relationship. Maybe it's codependent. So it's a good thing, but it's just done in the wrong way. And so that usually happens when our heart's not whole. And so you've got to go back and resolve the identity issue. And then you can enjoy these other things. That's a very simplistic overview. But that's... As someone who asked God once, probably seven years ago, to cut all soul ties, yeah, it's a very freeing prayer and something that I highly recommend for anyone, especially when you come from a womanizing background of my past. All the things you're talking about gives you that soul wholeness. So this is good stuff, yeah. Andy. We appreciate you, man. What's the best way that people can find out more about the book and get in touch with you? Um, they can actually get the book absolutely free if they will go to my website, Jenkins.tv. It'll be just on the lead page right there. We'll have a graphic up there. We'll leave it up there. Uh, or Jenkins.tv slash best, all lowercase, B-E-F-T. Uh, they get the audio version right there as well. So both of those will take them right where they need to go and they can learn more. And it will bless you. The things that he places in your inbox uh, will be a huge blessing to you. They've they've really been that to me. And so, Andy, we just I felt like the time just flew by too quickly. I hope you'll be willing to come back and do more teachings for us about where God's leading you. And I'm just so thankful for this new phase in your life. And I think you've really spoken into what a lot of people are experiencing, soul hurt. And and there there is a way uh, to feel much better and to have victory in Christ. And so we thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. I'm honored to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for hanging out as always. Uh, Make whatever you need in the air fryer and enjoy your weekend. (laughs) Subscribe, like, and follow us as uh, we get ready for future episodes. And as always, Roxanne, I love you. Love you too, honey. You've been listening to Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. To make sure you don't miss future shows, you can subscribe anywhere you like to podcast and catch up on anything you've missed. Find out more at RoxanneAndAce.com. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited is a production of Spacebird Media.